Chapter Two of Bransford of Rainbow Range by Eugene Manlove Rhodes. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Two, First Aid. O woman, in our hours of ease, uncertain, coy, and hard to please, but seen too oft, familiar with thy face, we first endure, then pity, then embrace a moment later the girl was beside him pity in her eyes let me see that cut on your head she said she dropped on her knee and parted the hair with a gentle touch why you're real breathed the injured near centaur beaming with wonder and gratification she sat down limply and gave way to wild laughter so are you she retorted why that is exactly what i was thinking i thought maybe i was asleep and having an extraordinary dream that wound on your head is not serious if that's all she brushed back a wisp of hair that blew across her eyes i hurt this head just the other day observed the bedraggled victim as one who has an assortment of heads from which to choose he pulled off his soaked gloves and regarded them ruefully them that go down to deep waters that was a regular triumph of matter over mind wasn't it it's a wonder you're alive my how frightened i was aren't you hurt truly ribs or anything the patient's elbows made a convulsive movement to guard the threatened ribs oh no ma'am I, I ain't hurt a bit indeed i ain't he said truthfully but his eyes had the languid droop of one who says the thing that is not don't you worry none about me not one bit sorry i frightened you that black horse now he stopped to consider fully the case of the black horse well you see ma'am that black horse he ain't exactly right plumb gentle his eyelids drooped again the girl considered she believed him both that he was not badly hurt and that the black horse was not exactly gentle and her suspicions were aroused his slow drawl was getting slower his cowboy ease broader a mode of speech quite inconsistent with that first sprightly remark about the little eopis what manner of cowboy was this from whose tongue a learned scientific term tripped spontaneously in so stressful a moment who quoted scraps of the litany unaware also her own eyes were none of the slowest she had noted that the limping did not begin until he was clear of the pool still that might happen if one were excited but this one had been singularly calm more than usual calm she mentally noted of course if he really were badly hurt which she didn't believe one bit a little bruised and jarred maybe the only thing for her to do would be to go back to camp and get help that meant the renewal of lake's hateful attentions and for the other girls the sharing of her find she stole another look at her find and thrilled with all the pride of the discoverer no doubt he was shaken and bruised after all he must be suffering what a splendid rider he was what made you so absurd why didn't you get out of the water then if you are not hurt she snapped suddenly the drooped lids raised brown eyes looked steadily into brown eyes i didn't want to wake up he said the candour of this explanation threw her for the moment into a vivid and becoming confusion the dusky roses leaped to her cheeks the long dark lashes quivered and fell then she rose to the occasion 
and how about the little eopus she demanded that doesn't seem to go well with some of your other talk oh he regarded her with pained but unflinching innocence the latin you mean why ma'am that's most all the latin i know that and some more big words in that song i learned that song off of frank john just like a poll parrot sing it and the opus ain't latin it's greek why ma'am i can't just now i'm so muddy but i'll tell it to you maybe i'll sing it to you some other time a sidelong glance accompanied this little suggestion the girl's face was blank and non-committal so he resumed it goes like this said the little eopus i'm going to be a horse and on my middle finger-nails to run my earthly course no that wasn't the first it begins there was once a little animal no bigger than a fox and on five toes he scampered of course you know ma'am frank john he told me about it that horses were little like that way back and this one he said his silly head that he was going to be a really truly horse like the song says and folks told him he couldn't couldn't possibly be done nohow and sure enough he did it's a foolish song really i only sing parts of it when i feel like that like it couldn't be done and i was going to do it you know the boys call it my song look here ma'am he fished in his vest pocket and produced tobacco and papers and matches last of all a tiny turquoise horse an inch long i had a jeweler man put five toes on his feet once to make him be a little eopus going to make a watch charm of him some time he's a lucky little eopus i think peso gave him to me when well, never mind when peso's a mescalero indian you know chief of police at the agency he gingerly dropped the little horse into her eager palm it was a singularly grotesque and angular little beast high-stepping high-headed with a level stare at once complacent and haughty despite the first unprepossessing rigidity of outline there was somehow a sprightly air something endearing in the stiff purposed stride the alert inquiring ears the stern and watchful eye each tiny hoof was faintly graven to semblance of five tinier toes there the work showed fresh the cunning little monster prison grime was on him she groomed and polished at his dingy sides until the wonderful colour shone out triumphant what is it that makes him such a dear oh i know it's something well childlike you know think of the grown-up child that toiled with pride and joy at the making of him dear me how many lifetimes since and fondly put him by as a complete horse she held him up in the sun the ingrate met her caress with the same obdurate and indomitable glare she laughed her rapturous delight there how much better you look oh you darling aren't you absurd straight-backed stiff-legged thick-necked square-headed and that ridiculously baleful eye it's too high up and too far forward you know and your ears are too big and you have such a malignant look oh, never mind now that you're all nice and clean i'm going to reward you her lips just brushed him the lucky little eopus 
the owner of the lucky little horse was not able to repress one swift dismal glance at his own vast dishevelment nor as his shrinking hands entirely of their own volition crept stealthily to hiding the slightest upward rolling of a hopeful eye toward the leaping waters of the spring but if one might judge from her sedate and matter-of-fact tones that eloquent glance was wasted on the girl you ought to take better care of him you know she said as she restored the little monster to his owner then she laughed hasn't he a fierce and warlike appearance though sure that's resolution look at those legs said the owner fondly he spurns the ground he's going somewheres he's going to be a horse and them ears one cocked forward and the other back strictly on a cuidado he'll make it he'll certainly do to take along yes ma'am i'll take right good care of him he regarded the homely beast with awe he swathed him in cigarette papers with tenderest care i'll leave him at home after this he might get hurt i might sometime want to give him to somebody the girl sprang up now i must get some water and wash that head she announced briskly oh no i can't let you do that i can walk i ain't hurt a bit i keep telling you in proof of which he walked to the pool with a palpably clever assumption of steadiness the girl fluttered solicitous at his elbow then she ran ahead climbed up to the spring and extended a firm cool hand which he took shamelessly and so came to the fairy waterfall here he made himself presentable as to face and hands it is just possible there was a certain expectancy in his eye as he neared the close of these labors but if there were it passed unnoted the girl bathed the injured head with her handkerchief and brushed back his hair with a dainty caressing motion that thrilled him until the color rose beneath the tan there was a glint of gray in the waving black hair she noted she stepped back to regard her handiwork now you look better she said approvingly then slightly flurried not without a memory of a previous and not dissimilar remark of hers she was off up the hill whence despite his shocked protest she brought back the lost gun and hat her eyes were sparkling when she returned her face glowing ignoring his reproachful gaze she wrung out her handkerchief led the patient firmly down the hill into his saddle made him trim off a saddle-string and bound the handkerchief to the wound she fitted the sombrero gently there don't this head feel better now she queried gaily with fine disregard for grammar and now what won't you come back to camp with me mr lake will be glad to put you up or to let you have a horse do you live far away i do hope you are not one of those rosebud men mr le she bit her speech off midward no men there except this mr lake asked the cowboy idly oh yes there's mr herbert he's gone riding with letty and mr white but it was mr lake who got up the camping party mother and aunt lot and a crowd of us girls la luce girls you know mother and i are visiting mr lake's sister he's going to give us a masquerade ball when we get back next week the cowboy looked down his nose for consultation and his nose gave a meditative little tweak what lake is it there's some several lakes around here is it lake of agua chiquita 
wears his hair decollete talks like he had a washboard in his throat tailor-made face walks like a duck on stilts general sort of powder pigeon effect at this envenomed description miss eleanor hoffman promptly choked i don't know anything about your aguar of chiquita never heard of the place before he is a banker in arcadia he keeps a general store there you must know him surely so far her voice was rather stern and purposefully resentful as became mr lake's guest but there were complications rankling memories of mr lake of unwelcome attentions persistently forced upon her she spoiled the rebuke by adding tartly but i think he is the man you mean and felt her wrongs avenged the cowboy's face cleared well i don't use arcadia much you see i mostly range down rainbow river arcadia folks why they're mostly newcomers health seekers and people just living on their incomes not working folks much except the railroaders and lumbermen now about getting home you see ma'am some of the boys are riding down that way he jerked his thumb to indicate the last flight of the imperfectly gentle horse and they're right apt to see my runaway eopus and sure to see the rope drag so they'll likely amble along the back track to see how much who's hurt so i guess i'd better stay here they may be along most any time thank you kindly just the same of course if they don't come at all is your camp far not not very said eleanor the mere fact was that miss eleanor had set out ostensibly for a sketching expedition with another girl had turned aside to explore and exploring had fetched a circuit that had left her much closer to her starting-place than to her goal he misinterpreted the slight hesitation well ma'am i thank you again but i mustn't be keeping you longer i really ought to see you safe back to your camp but you'll understand under the circumstances you'll excuse me he did not want to implicate mr lake so he took a limping step forward to justify his rudeness and you hardly able to walk ridiculous what i ought to do is to go back to camp and get someone get mr white to help you thus at once accepting his unspoken explanation and offering her own apology in turn she threw aside the air of guarded hostility that had marked the last minutes and threw herself anew into this joyous adventure when or if your friends find you won't it hurt you to ride she asked and smiled deliberate encouragement i can be as modest as anybody when there's anything to be modest about but in this case i guess i'll now declare that i can ride anything that a saddle will stay on i reckon he added reflectively the boys'll have right smart to say about me being throwed but you weren't thrown you rode magnificently her eyes flashed admiration yes um uh, that's what i hoped you'd say said the admired one complacently go on ma'am say it again it was splendid the saddle turned that's all he slowly surveyed the scene of his late exploit yes that was some riding for a while he admitted but you see that saddle now scarred up there that way why they'll think the eopist wasted me and then dragged the saddle off under a tree leastways they'll say they think so frequent best not to let on and to make no excuses it'll be easier that way we're great on guying here 
that's most all the fun we have we sure got this joshing game down fine just wondering what all the boys'll say that was why i didn't get out of the water at first before before i thought i was asleep you know so you'll actually tell a lie to keep from being thought a liar i'm disappointed in you why ma'am i won't say anything they'll do the talkin it'll be deceitful just the same she began and checked herself suddenly a small twinge struck her at the thought of poor maud really sketching on thumb butte and now disconsolately wondering what had become of lunch and fellow artists but she quelled this pang with a sage thought of the greatest good to the greatest number and clapped her hands in delight oh what a silly i am to be sure i've got a lunch basket up there but i forgot all about it in the excitement i'm sure there's plenty for two shall i bring it down to you or can you climb up if i help you there's water in the canteen and it's beautiful up there i can make it i guess said the invited guest the consummate and unblushing hypocrite make it he did with her strong hand to aid and the glen rang to the laughter of them while behind them all unnoted johnny dinas reined up on the hillside took one sweeping glance at that joyous progress the scarred hillside the saddle and the dejected eopus in the background grinned comprehension and discreetly withdrew End of chapter two